Once upon a time, two men decided if they were making the cut. Then they made the cut. And now JT and Aaron are talking everything from wrestling to pop culture and beyond. Because it's no holds barred. Will you back down, turn and run? Or stand up with the best? McMahon, how can no holds barred be barred if they weren't barred in the first place? Has anyone ever questioned that? That and many more conspiracies tonight on No Holds Barred. Are you okay? JT! Oh my god, I, th- I thought I thought it was on with Vince McMahon. Oh wow. wow, wow. <laughs> All right. You know, well, here we are. Uh look, uh, no, no, holds no, barred. no holds barred. No holds barred. Hey, we're not barred. Is this the sign for uh no holds being barred? I've seen many announcers do that. They're like, "This is a no holds barred match." You know what? You know what? Call I always hated or loved what? is when Luger uh, racks Hogan and wins the belt on Nitro. Yeah, it's a and Randers was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's pulling his hair too. Right, like, hey, we can't even imagine with the the travails he had to overcome during that year. You know, I um, didn't bring yeah. this up to talk about Randy Anderson, but why does he have pants? that are different than every other wrestling referee pants. Well, he wears like Dickies, doesn't he? But they're off color. They're not the same <laughs> color. Like, like it's yeah. the whole, it, I, I, it drives me insane. <laughs> he definitely went to like Ames and he's like, I don't want the ones you got. These are more comfy. <laughs> or do you think times- maybe he wears them more? He just like, so they're a little bit more worn. <laughs> they've, they've faded a bit. I think I've, have I told the story of the guy I used to work with that wore the same pants? Nope. Oh my God, this is this guy I worked with and it was an office job. I mean, office job. And he'd wear the same, like a pretty professional setting, wore the same, like they look like those, they're like these blue pants yeah. and he was fat and he, the button was hanging on for dare life. And like, he literally wore them every day. And to the point where we started tracking, we had an email counter that we'd send around and mark down every day he wore them. And I want to say, I have to pull it up and send it. It was like, it had to be like like 37 straight days. It was Whoa. something ridiculous. And then one day, he, uh, it was, I remember vividly, it was the day after the Super Bowl. He showed up in khakis. He spilled something on them the night before. The blue pants were never seen again. So oh. they had to have been like destroyed or something. Like they just vanished after like this amazing record. And then they were the khakis. But they, I mean, they, now they were unmistakable. Did he wear yeah, the then khakis? he wore the khakis. Yes, ah! no, then he wore the khakis. See, you found the strategy. He just wears a pair of pants until they're no more. Yeah, <laughs> he's. Then... A, I think he was just like super cheap, but yeah. um, the pants were like it was like so obvious. You know what I mean? Like there were these faded blue, just like Randy Anderson's, and the, the but that button man that was that was hanging on for dear life. That thing. Um, five, f- five day work week. How how many pairs of pants? Different pairs of pants you wear in a five day work week. Uh, I haven't had one in a while, uh, <laughs> but I would, I would, I usually went through at least four. I, I used okay. to try and do five. Um, we do mainly like jeans when we go in now. So right, okay. that I'll wear like, I have like three different pairs usually. So I'll, I'll wear one maybe beginning and end of the week, but, okay. um, it definitely wasn't the same pair of 30, 37 days in a row. <laughs> I get on 37. Like, I don't know. Like if I, if I'm wearing a pair of jeans, like I'll generally wear them until I feel they're dirty. Right. You know I, mean? I feel like then, jeans are less obvious than like blue khakis with every had. other ref is wearing black. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But this guy, like, I just want to know what happened on that Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> they destroyed his chances. Chances didn't make it. <laughs> now, 
this whole episode is going to be us ranking WCW referees, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Scott Dickinson. Uh, I heard Kevin Nash say he had a, the same. What the fuck did he say? I got to look at my notes. Hang on. <laughs> he said something as uh, he was comparing him to um, the Dunkin' Donuts guy. Oh, God. And he goes, he's got the same derby. And I just lost it. It's such a, like, he could have said he's the same size and whatever. But he goes, it's the same derby. Yes, producer Tim wants to talk Slick Johnson. He's more, I don't know, I almost feel like he's more TNA at this point than WCW <laughs> historically. Anyway, Noah's Bard, we're here every week, every Saturday, twice Noah's a month. Bard. Twice a month, we go through every world title change in history in the WWE, world title change. We've moved our way all the way to the summer of 1999. Uh, we're also here those other two weeks, once a month, we are doing all-time pay-per-view uh, build-a-card. Yep. So we did SummerSlam, where we built the ultimate SummerSlam card. Got and number one that's going to drive us insane. <laughs> and recently, yes, and recently returned, uh, TNA never dies every fourth Saturday as well on No Holds Barred. I'm sorry. It can't die. It literally can't die. I'm well aware. I'm it's well here aware. forever. I, it will kill me, but it can't die. It'll kill your pants before we kill that. <laughs> uh, do you want to oh, quickly that's... give the categories that we rank these title changes on? Yeah, absolutely. So if you've been following along, yeah. you know we're breaking down every the WWE title. And JT and I are both ranking these in five different categories. So match quality, significance, um, the moment, build, and aftermath. We each rank out of 10. That's 10 total. Gives us a score out of 100. And in the event of a tiebreaker, uh, we go with the significance score as the tiebreaker. Yes, sir. All right. So tonight we are talking SummerSlam 1999, Mankind. And greatest show of all time. Some, some would. Uh, not quite anymore, but it's still up there. Uh, Triple H, Mankind, challenging local Steve Austin. If you're watching along with us on Peacock, you can see it on the screen there. We're at 214.06. Tim, watching- I would like you to put, uh, for those who might be following on my pirated copy, uh, 213.46. Very good. This is actually one of the first DVDs I got, like, when Me too. I started collecting wrestling DVDs, and I, I watched the hell out of it for sure. Um, it'll just look cool on the DVD. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's fire it up. We'll talk some more about what's going on. Yeah. Uh, count us in here in three. Thank you. Two, one, go. Uh, I was pretty excited for the SummerSlam. I know '98 gets all the love for the build, but I thought '99, <laughs> like the concept of it, was built well. I know they do all the chicanery with the title, million number one contender shit, but that yeah. at least made the Raws exciting leading up to it. Um. The hype for Jesse was great. I thought they did a really good job having him be in Minnesota. Like was was really smart opening the new building. Now, were you disappointed that he didn't referee in the same gear that he refereed SummerSlam 1988 in? Yeah, with the bandana, a little bit. He definitely weird... looks definitely looks older, but he does have great theme. And what I liked about it, too, it was the menu music on the DVD, if you recall. Oh, yeah, it was. You're right. Yeah. So when you fell asleep watching it, you'd like wake up and it's just this blaring. It's so funny. I remember at the time people getting angry. He's about to talk about it. Yeah. People getting angry that he's there. But like, yeah, it's his fucking night off. He can't go do a wrestling show. Like It was stupid. It was like, I mean, he, he. He identified, he identified as a wrestler. I mean, that's what he was. Like, that's what he was known for. Yeah. Like, who cares if he's refereeing a match? Like, yeah, it was stupid. Do you he's think this was show. The, was this the peak of his powers, like, popularity-wise, though? Yeah, I, because, think. I think anything before the conspiracy show. Yeah. I think until you got there. Because even the 
way he would talk about conspiracies, I found interesting. Like, I remember early on, not to get into conspiracies, but I remember hearing him talk about like 9-11 and his whole take was very much like, well, look, I got questions about this, this, and this. Right. And I thought that was so much more rational than someone who was like, no, this is what happened. And, you know, like. I've always found him to be rational in his approach to everything. And, And what I always identified with him, I feel like he's one of the few true independent candidates. And that's what he ran as. Yeah. And he always has just kind of been on the side of the things he believes in. And that's, that's where I'm at. It's like, I believe in things across the spectrum and he has his convictions and that's it. Like he doesn't kowtow to either side and didn't take um, any. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It it was, it it was a big deal when he won becoming mayor. And yeah, I would say this is his, his peak. Like he won right before, like less than a year as mayor. And he didn't even even run again. No, his whole thing was like, I'm a statesman. I did my time. I did like my, my service and now it's done. Well, and he, I think he should have ran for, I think he might have had a shot. That was my question. Yeah. I think, I think 2000 is probably too soon, but that's probably his peak. I think, Oh, four. I think he he was dimming a little bit. Um, I I do think one of the Pauls Rand Paul. (laughs) Well, I mean, honestly, at the time, in 04 like him and trump was the the rumor right uh, like that was i know he teases it at mania yeah um i, I think trump probably does better as as jesse's vice president you know um but uh because jesse could have steered the ship probably steered the ship a little bit better um but i do think he would have had a fighting chance uh for sure how's I mean, this for, yeah how's this for a fantasy book if this version of jesse imagine he's this age is mm-hmm. alive right now yeah does he win in 2024? I think he's got as good a chance as anybody. Because it feels like you're at a place where people are fatigued with the two-party system more right. than they were 20 years ago, right? But 2000 ended up being such a cluster with the hanging chads and the it delay. Like, maybe he could have snuck in somehow. I'm, you know, I'm and just like, glad yeah. Chad survived. Yeah, I know. He hung out so long. Yeah. So anyway, it was it was a big deal. This is a big deal for them to get him. Um, yeah. I think it really raises the profile of the show up. They're still obviously red hot as a promotion. 100%. And this is this is really Triple H's elevation point. I mean, he, you know, was meant look, to be, be in there. and win I don't want to make this show about smut. Okay, but this is a legitimate question. What do you think are the size of China's breasts? If you were to, like, because they're big on her. Yeah. Like, cause on a normal person, I feel like those, the body couldn't support those breasts. The body can support anything. <laughs> uh, I would say EE. Is that a size? I don't know. Uh, it is now. That's definitely an EE. Extra. Yes. <laughs> Extra engorged. Um, <laughs> producer Tim wants thoughts on the pulsating music and the backstage cutscenes. That's been around since, when did that start? 97? I remembered in Montreal. Yeah. I always liked it. I thought it was cool when it was a big yeah. main event. Yeah. Good with me. As long as they don't beat it into the ground. Yeah, when they start using it for like... Yeah. I mean, it reminds me a lot of like MSG when they would show the guy coming out of the curtain, through the back and out of the curtain. Like that's, it was kind of the modern version of that. Right. What uh, I glass remember... break, still intense, huge pop. Go ahead. Yeah, and what I, one of the things I remember the most about this show is Chris Jericho cutting that promo in one of those cranes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but... <laughs> It's shitting on Road Dog. That's right. And then Road Dog kind of getting just saying suck it in return. Yeah. It's like yeah. yeah, Road Dog sucks. We we've I, I mean 
If you're in I, I know you. I know you. <laughs> I know you joke about the ranking on War of the Show, but when you watch it, like it is filled with like a lot of big moments. The crowd atmosphere is great. Big stars, like they do a lot of things on the show. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's I, a. I, yeah. I only bust balls and joke about it because it's such like I I've long maintained that like one of the things that's interesting about War is that it a show like this. Like, right. I, look, I disagree. I don't think it's that good a show, but whatever. Like, I think it's cool that it gets that ranking on your show and that it, right. it's a different perspective, right? Uh, but that's why I feel free to bust balls about it because yeah. <laughs> it's just what it is, you know? Within the construct of the system we built, it just happened to fare extremely well. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, because it's moment. I mean, this whole era does well. We just did a 102. That did well because this shit happens. Like, the current seasons don't fare as well on Warp because – not as much happens consistently on those shows, you know. I think, I think, I think. Well, I also think there's probably not to dive too much into <laughs> a different. Sorry, show right now it's just a three ways. Yeah. Austin and uh, Foley are just beating like, your blades right now. Your system is also built on very much how, like, I, I really think your system is not as strong for shows that you weren't as invested in at the time. Yeah, that's because fair. like because in this you're watching the build everything right. There's right. no way you watch the whole build to WrestleMania 32. <laughs> You know what I mean? Well, actually, it, that was right? probably one I was. Okay, well, one. Well, the but podcast. You, yeah. you probably picked the worst possible yeah. one. But... <laughs> yeah, but even shows from the era I was watching, there were some that didn't fare well. I mean, oh, it's... sure, sure, sure. But I just think it's easier to pick out things in like a build when you're so yeah. familiar with it, right? Anyway, but it's not just the build. It's stuff that happens on the show. Like, I'm looking for things on these 2018 right. or whatever, and it's like nothing is happening. There's no title changes. There's no big debuts. There's no surprise no. returns. It's like nothing happens. So it's like... There's nothing notable about the show. Refresh my memory. Did you give the show points for mankind's gleaming white socks? <laughs> they're very clean. Like, I feel like they're burning my eyes. They're so bright. It's like. like He's notoriously don't... cheap, but I feel like he at least stopped at Walgreens and picked up a pack of socks before every show. Yeah. yeah. But you know, he, he, you know, he wore them to the ground. Like your friend wore those pants. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he just I happened think... to be. He's just in oh. the cycle. The right point in the cycle here. Foley sweatpants are in better shape than that guy's chinos were. For sure. <laughs> um, what about his dress shirt? <laughs> tatters. So Foley had been out since April-ish, um, May, April-May, made yeah. his big return like a few weeks before the show. And uh, the whole show was marching toward Triple H Austin, Triple H Austin, Triple H Austin, Triple H's ascent to beat Austin and become world champion. They spent the whole march from Mania to here building Triple H as a top heel. Yeah. Um, you know, at the time, I think a lot. Better. Yeah, and, and then they go, well, a lot of people, you know, felt it was a little pushed down the throat, but they were trying to make a new name. Like, they were trying to make someone new, right? So kudos, whatever. Um, but yeah, then they Wrong just guy. get crazy in those weeks leading up, and they pinball the title shot around. It's Mankind gets involved. It's China gets involved. And then we end up with this three-way. And I don't know if it's always been confirmed. I mean, I assume it has, that they did it so Jesse could raise the hand of a... Baby face, and they didn't want Hunter to lose. I think the rumor that's kind of been talked down is that Austin didn't want to lay down for Hunter, right? Right at the show, that was the original rumor was that he refused to lay down, so they put Foley in there because he'd lay down for Foley. But Austin I, beats Triple H like two months later, so I mean, Triple H beats Austin. Yeah, two months later. I don't think that's true. I, what I yeah. don't get is why they bothered to, to finish the match the way they're going to finish it, right? And and, and not just you know. Switch the title the next night on Raw. I love how Jesse is is asking the crowd if like Triple H used the chair. 
<laughs> what did you say? Yeah. Um, but then again, they're his constituents, so I guess right. Yeah, he's going to stand by them. Yeah, I I think Triple H winning, and then like refusing to let Jesse raise his hand and leaving, and then Austin stuns Foley, and has a beer with Jesse and raises his hands would have been fine for the photo op, and just, then you just get the title change done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or Triple H beats the shit out of Jesse. <laughs> well, they weren't going to do that. No, I know they were going <laughs> to. I mean, he pretty much said, well. And that was the whole storyline, too. I think Foley really, really details this in his book that Jesse had said, I can't be physical. I'm not going to get involved. I'm just going to. Yeah. And then they get there the day of the show and he's like, fuck it. Who cares? I'm going to do what I want to do. Um, and then he ends up getting physically involved. Not not to that extent, but he does get physically involved. Yeah. He's like, I'm on, I'm in for anything. Basically, when he got there, he was like, screw the people uh, that are shitting on this. I don't fuck. I love Jesse. You know, it's yeah. I, I think that this build, like in terms of the flip flopping and everything, doesn't really get the heat that it deserves. And right. I think part of it is because Jesse's there on commentary making it better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's so good. He's even great. when, even when he comes back in 08 for that Raw in MSG. Remember him and Vince called the Battle Royal? Like, yeah. even that's awesome. Like, that's such a good throwback. Yeah. Um, but hearing him talk about people from this era, like, I mean, Gorilla had just passed away, but he was doing commentary for like international stuff in 99. It's crazy to hear him talk about some of these people, but even Jesse is like even crazier. Like, he's in there, you know calling mankind matches <laughs> it's, it's so weird like um, he's yeah. to me like fuck wrestling would be so much better if he was still there doing commentary like think think he's gone outside of this wrestlemania 20 and that raw i think he's pretty much gone and maybe one of the guest host spot from 1994 like it's mind-boggling yeah. to me that we could have had like another 30 years of yeah thanks tim gorilla passed away in october um another and it was right on when draws got paralyzed it was like within the same week or something crazy um it could have been another like 30 years missed of jesse do you think that's for no reason for no reason it's like he it's like bobby where he got sick and he couldn't do it anymore like there's no reason jesse couldn't been involved in wrestling for those 30 years no and i mean he's still good in wcw also it's just jim ross hates him (laughs) right yeah do you think that um the reason D'Lo dropped draws was because he was preoccupied with Gorilla. You think he was sad? Yeah, and then oops. Oops, I did it again. Sorry. <laughs> did he break someone else's neck? <laughs> I feel like he did drop someone at some point with that move, and then he kept, and then he retired it after the draws thing. R.I.P. Draws, by the way. He just also passed away recently. Now. Take your sorry yeah. ass out on the street. Um, this see this triple threat. The problem I have with this triple threat is. We're now veering into this is a Triple H match, Triple Threat. Because yeah. in a Triple Threat, I don't want to see one guy working over some other guy's leg slowly. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's just, this is the exact kind of spot that does not belong in these matches for me. Like, right. I mean, we'll see if it, it continues. But, like, my memory of this match, the last time I watched it, was that it fell very short of my expectations. Well, when you look at the talent in there at the time, I know Foley's uh, he's nearing the end. But, like... In theory, Hunter should be at the peak of his powers physically. Austin, yes, starting to break down, but you know, not yet, right? He's still got a few more months before he fully gives in. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen him have some crazy matches. Yeah, we, we like the Undertaker match we just did on Raw. The Rock matches are great. Like, there's no reason why he can't still be balls to the wall. Um, I think and this ties in actually to something because I remember that at the time people saying like they're shoving Triple H down our throats and whatnot. Oh, big time. Yeah. But I think there's a point to it in that up until this point, he doesn't really have a cachet of great matches yet. 
Like when we no, look at his SummerSlam career, 98. But even then, that's like, you know, there's a lot of advantages that he has in that match, yeah. right? right? But still, it's a great match. Yeah. I, mean, I think the feud with match. Foley in 97 has a couple of mm-hmm. great matches too. That's it. I uh the one of the rock matches is pretty good, right? Is it fully loaded ninety eight or ninety nine? One of them. Yeah, but they're not. They're not like. They're not like career defining matches. You know what I mean? Like I don't think he had a lot of chances though. Like I don't. I feel like when you look at his list, like I mean, we Chad and I talk about him a lot in ninety six on Wrestling yeah. Warzone, right? Every other third, uh, every other Monday, I should say, and. Like, he is a guy that got chances then, but he was still kind of new, like, figuring yeah. shit out, right? I think I think the most damning stretch for him is that early 97 with Goldust, that it's just, like, paint yeah, dry. Yeah, well, it should be matches. better. You're yeah. like, I can't believe it's on. Well, and it's like, when you think of his opponents, too, like, I know, like, I know Warzone has kind of soured you guys on Owen Hart, but, like, he fought Owen Hart a lot. Like, you should at least get something good out of it. It has you know, started like... me on Owen, but I feel like post-Montreal Owen was so checked out, like, yeah. especially feuding with the guys who fucked his brother. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think, like, yeah. I don't think he got the best of Owen. And being in the, forced yeah. to lose to them. Yeah, like, I don't think he got the best Owen he could get at Mania 14 at, at Unforgiven. I mean, that was, like, so when you start to look at that roster of guys he got when he started getting the push, like, again, outside of The Rock, I don't yeah. think he really got, like, a ton of, I mean, I'd say the X-Pac match is pretty good, but a little disappointing, so that's well, one. that's you, just it. Yeah. It's, it's missing that, like, that high-end stuff that you would expect out of a top guy. Yeah. Right? Is he the first... Is he the first of the, like, mega-pushed heels to the title? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know how they just kind of push JBL right up to the title? Yeah. Um, who, who the hell else am I thinking of? I mean, Yoko. Yoko, I guess, yeah. But Yoko I mean, had the size, you know, like... Yeah, but he debuts in, what, October, September, October, and he's world champion in April at Mania. Right, but Yoko, for me, and maybe different for you, Yoko never felt like they were forcing Yoko on us. Yoko was like, oh, okay. Maybe it fit more in the world, too. Whereas, like, Triple H was like, like, oh, we're pushing this guy now. JBL was like, we're pushing this guy now. Jinder Mahal, we're pushing this guy now. You know, like... Now, yeah, I think I think his I, as much as I shit on Triple H, I think that his run is much better than either of those guys, right? But it is it's the first time I remember noticing how right. much they were pushing somebody. But let me ask you this: Is it because it was the first time we were kind of on the internet? Like it was such a talking point. Like I'm a Scott Keith, like hammering on it. Like it was such a talking point on the different reviews and blogs you're reading yeah, at maybe. that time. Um, even CRZ, like who was usually stayed pretty agnostic in his reviews would like mention it. Um, so I, I feel like we might've been influenced as well a little. Yeah, it's possible. Um, I, I will say JBL was way more hot shotted as well. Like, I mean, Triple H, yeah. yes, but he had like a year's. No, work. they built him. They did. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's clear by like, when she, the night after 14 is clear that they're getting behind Triple H is like a star. And it's, yeah. you know, 18 months later or whatever that he wins the world title. JBL turned on Farouk like the week after WrestleMania 20 right. as champion in May or whatever. You know, he wins it in June, but he's basically a world title contender in May. Do you think um, it takes them 18 months with Triple H because he sucks? Well, he's got the injury, and I think Austin was just in the way. I mean, the, and Rock, like Rock yeah, was yeah. hired. Oh, Rock he was ahead of him. Yeah. It, well, and he was just ahead of him in, in the march there. Like, he had just gotten yeah. over quicker. Um, yeah. Ugh, a Foley just took an awesome stunner. That was great. Uh, yeah. So far, it's just been kind of meandering, but a great break of the pin with Triple H with the chair, <laughs> smashing it on his back. 
did I didn't miss Shane coming out? Did I? I looked away. I was looking. No, at you. It's, it's not here yet. Uh, Jesse is just berating Triple H, which I love. Do you think they missed an opportunity because they had Jesse come in during a time where Vince is off TV? Like, I feel like we kind of got robbed of a Jesse Vince interaction that could have been pretty fun. Like, yeah, crazy evil Vince dealing with Jesse. Um, yeah. and I love Jesse refusing to count. Yep. Yep. Um, although it's against the rules because in a triple threat, you're allowed to use chairs. And he's like, oh, fuck you. He said it all in the buildup. It's it's my rules. It's the body rules or it's the highway. You know, it always made it always popped me because he never says my way. He always says my rules. It's the highway like, or the highway. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is my way or the highway. It's a, I mean, just the that body rules. Thing. It's my rules or it's the highway. <laughs> and I love, too, that like he's not a guy that like Triple H can like push around. Oh, yeah. No, he's like, I'll beat the shit out of you right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, Jesse in his prime, Triple H in his prime, real fight. Triple H is dead. <laughs> yeah, Jesse kicked the show. He's a Navy yeah. SEAL. He's a Navy SEAL. Here we go. Explosion. This is uh, Shane's yeah. in yelling at him. A usual Shane over exposition. Yeah. Hands flying everywhere. Um, but it's great. Does, I passed the test shirt. Who does more hand gestures, Shane McMahon or Christopher Daniels? Oh, it's Shane. Shane's absurd. The punching, everything. Here we go. So we get a stunner, and this yeah. is Jesse's physical environment. Uh, yeah. Uh, but even then, this is this is nothing. It's him throwing. No, he just throws Shane over the top. But he has yeah. a great line. Where he says, "That's for your old man, you little bastard." Yeah, I love that shit. Man. Yeah. So that, that's what made me think of the Vince thing. Like, could it have been cool if him and Vince were yeah interacting? Because he does take the shot at him here. I love too when he comes back in 08, He still doesn't treat Vince like he's the boss. <laughs> no, he's just like another. He's his old commentator pal. Yeah, he's just this idiot that I have to work with. Austin falls out of the ring here. Which in a spot that it's off camera, but you see the ropes are bent. Like Austin yeah, is struggling. Like, I did Jesse fuck him up? Like I think Austin climbed the rope, and Jesse like leaned on it, and I think and also like yeah. maybe knocked him off and into the ropes. That's what it seemed like happened. Yeah, Triple H has to come save Austin from being <laughs> tied up in the what a ring general Triple H is. That's for your dad, you little bastard. Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah. Huh. I thought we we're getting a Thez press. I was going to say Austin's Thez press is one of the best comeback moves of all time. He's probably still got a bust one out here. Yeah. See, I, I, I don't know. This match is weird. Like, it's got the energy. It's just. It's just the crowd not, is so into it, too, though. It's, you know? They're not together. It's not a triple threat match. Right. It's, it's like a segment. <laughs> it's a is long it, segment. Is it maybe because the three guys are too similar in ring? Yeah. Like, for my money, one of the best triple threats I ever saw was the No Mercy 2001. Austin yep. against Kurt Angle against RVD. Mm -hmm. And I found that it's like, Angle brought all the wrestling, RVD brought all the aerial stuff, and Austin just grounded everything. Yeah. Like, it was such a perfect... And whereas this combination, they're kind of all three brawlers at this point. They hadn't done many triple threats either. Like, I just think yeah. the, the formula is not quite there. Like, they'd only had a few. And right. I don't know if these guys were... I mean, Foley's in the breakdown one, but that's in a cage. Like... It's very storyline heavy. Like it's very different. Um, they did the yeah. one on Raw that I think Triple H may have been in, like '97. They did one. Um, you know, they did the stupid Nation Bariquas DOA one. Which is the Nation? <laughs> I, I'm I'm probably forgetting one or two, but like I don't think these guys had a lot of triple threat reps in them. Yeah. So I think they're just still figuring it out. Huge. But the crowd is so molten; they yeah. don't give a shit. Huge pop for the stunner. Yeah. Oh, and then Foley hits him. Oh, and he's going to pick him up. Okay. I love Ross's call. Mick Foley is trying to be the WWF champion. Like, we get it. That's the whole point of being here. I mean, I don't mind this moment as like a, 
<clears throat> one last little hurrah for Foley, even though it's only a night. Like, he gets to win the belt on a pay-per-view. Like, he had not done that. Well, I guess, no, right? Didn't he lose all the pay-per-view ones? So, Yeah. Okay. So, right. yeah, Foley. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. Triple H is the pedigree, and I think this is it. Foley is yeah, the going to pick him up and yeah. double arm DDT him. Well, Triple H is not. Triple H doesn't seem hurt enough to not stop right. this, though. Well, he almost gets over there. Still. And I remember being shocked watching this. Like, yeah, when we put like yes or no for surprise. Like to me, this is one of the biggest surprises. Like, I did not yeah. see Foley. I figured he was in there to take the pin. <laughs> like, like yeah. that's it. Like you know. Well, why um, else would you put him in there? <laughs> yeah. So it, it was like crazy to me when he won. Yeah. Um, it. I remember even thinking like, was Austin hurt? Like at SummerSlam '97 again, where like he couldn't. He took the DDT and like couldn't kick out or something. Uh, when you look at it as a story, though, coming out of this night, Jesse barely even raises his hand for all the friggin' photo op stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like, he doesn't know, even right? do anything. Does he um, do it maybe at the entranceway? Maybe. Yeah, I think he does. But it's not like the big moment you would think. This, like, the two of them sucking wind walking to the back. <laughs> like, they built the whole thing around that. Um, yeah. But I do think... Uh, I don't remember Jesse what to say. Jesse is wet. He is fucking wet. He's soaked. I do like yeah, the story yeah. of Triple H getting coming up short again because this whole year feels like it's him trying to get over the hump and kind of getting hosed a lot. And now, like, again, like, they stick fully in the match and gets fucked again. Like, it almost felt like he was setting that up well. But then the next night, just kind of like, all right, whatever. Do you think in their heads they were like, oh, we're going to tie in Triple H? Like, people will tie in that Triple H finally beats Foley and Foley's the champion because they had their feud earlier. Do you think that's in their minds at all? No. I, yeah, I don't know. Like, and then this finish again doesn't. We're not ending with Jesse standing tall with the champion. So, like, I just I I hate that theory if it's true, because we end with Triple H beating the shit out of Austin. Right. Like Triple H should have just won here. Blew off Jesse. Yeah. Jesse says, "Well, fuck you. I'm out of here." He leaves, and then you have Triple H kill Austin anyway, or, or Triple H kill Austin the next tips. night on Raw. Yeah. <laughs> Like just very. I I think they're the size of his head. Like one of them is the size right. of a human head. <laughs> and I'm not tri- trying to sexualize her. It's just a gigantic breast. Yeah, it's they're huge. I think you could have had Triple H do this the next night, win the title here, and then hurt Austin the next night on Raw. Would have been much more effective. Yeah, as a back to back. There's the pink windbreaker guy in the front row, by the way. I hate that fucking guy. He looks a lot less skinnier here. What does he do for shape. money? How does he afford this shit? How do these Gener- people afford Generational wealth. Generational wealth. I guess. Because like these tickets in the front row are like seven, eight grand, and then they're every goddamn show. Not at this time. I don't think they were that much, no. but probably five five hundred to a thousand, I think. Yeah. yeah, see, this is then we get to this weird t- stretch too where China's like a heel with triple H, but a face otherwise, like a whole Well, you're not gonna boo those breasts. Weird. <laughs> you're not right. gonna boo them. All right, let's get to our grades. Yes. All right. So uh double E is what I'm ranking this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, match look, quality yeah i'm I like a two was... seven five three three two five in there yeah so last time i saw it i was at like a two and a half i think i bumped this up to a three which gives me a nice level six yeah all right i'll match you there however i think there is nothing significant about this change i was tempted uh, to give it a zero you get foley's last world title but it's meaningless win. it's one night I know you get Jesse there with him. That's not the significance for me. That's going to play yeah, into the moment. That's the moment. Right? Yeah. All right. But, it's pretty worthless. Yeah, like, 
it's it, and and I think this is where the story of this match is going to be. Yeah, it's going to be like okay, it was fine, but why? Yeah, I'll, moment, I'll go one. Yeah, the moment I'm at a four because I don't. The match itself is clunky. The end is so almost too surprising to cheer or really be shocked. Um, I just don't think it's a killer moment to end a show. And even though we were just talking about it being disjointed with like mankind, the champion being rushed out with Jesse, and then we get this weird post-match beatdown to get Triple H's heat back. Yeah. I'm going to go five because I think the moment is fairly memorable. Like Foley winning is a big surprise. Um, I think when you think of the show, you think of the double arm DDT and Foley, Foley winning the belt. You think of Jesse, you know, I, I kind of throw the Shane thing in. It's close to the end. Like him throwing Shane out and then, you know, walking out with Foley while Hunter kicks the shit out of Austin is like, I think it's a pretty, pretty good moment all time. Even if it didn't make sense in the construct of where they were headed with the story. Like, right. I think the moment itself is pretty memorable. That's fair. Um, I find the build confusing because, yeah. like, it, it's not horrible. Like, it's there's stuff happening, but it's so nonsensical and all over the place. So that's why I'm at a four for the build. I'm going to go five on this as well. Like, you get all of the Jesse stuff in Minnesota, um, the back and forth of what he's going to do. You get Triple H's rise is all kind of built baked into this. Like, he wins the number one contender shot at fully loaded against The Rock. Like, that's, you know, kind of a surprise, I would say, a little bit at the time. And then... Yeah, you have all the back and forth, but again, it's a memorable build. It's like, you know, I hadn't confusing, factored in, but I hadn't factored in Triple H's rise. I'm going to knock this down to a three. <laughs> all right, aftermath, I'm oh, at a three. Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm going to keep it at four. Uh, aftermath, I'm at a three because it's. I think there's value in it being Triple H's first win the next night. It's a it's a title change on Raw, which I think has value, but there's nothing to the run, right? So. I'm going to give it a two. I mean, it's really, it's a day. Um, I guess if you technically count Austin getting hurt as part of the aftermath, like whatever, he's out for a while. Um, Yeah. And it sets up the rematch the next night. So whatever. It's not completely useless, but it's almost useless. Um, So I guess it's a, yeah, good. When you have a match where you didn't need to do it at all, like like that's to me, the story of this match, you could have just had, yeah. Triple H win the title the next night. You could have just had Triple H Austin. Like you, you right. probably should have just done Triple H Austin. Yeah, the show's better. Maybe then that show would be never. You'd never be able to be defeated on War. It'd be un- impeccable. Yeah. So it's a total war a war score now. A total uh, grade of thirty seven, which and is fairly low. Yeah, uh, you know, Austin low. Taker from uh, last last episode of them on Raw was a forty two. So yeah. we have this below that. It's above over the edge, obviously. Yeah, um, it's the forty-first out of yeah. we've done. We've now done forty-nine. It's the forty-first out of forty-nine. Yeah, so it's bottom yeah. ten. I mean, yeah. for us, which I think is I don't. That's not a surprise to me. Like that's no. about right. And, and again, it's not. A, it, it goes to speak of what this project is, right? Because mm-hmm. if this was just match quality, it'd probably be somewhere in the middle, right? A yeah. three-star match is probably going to be in the middle. But because we're looking at a bunch of different factors, yeah, really suffers from those other factors. That's yeah. the problem. So there, there it lands. Yep. I agree, sir. I agree. Um, we usually, you know, we haven't done it in a while, but obvious. Like again, I, I found this to not be obvious in any way. Like to no, me, shocking. it was, it was a complete shock. It may be one of the most shocking ones we've had like, so far. Like the mo- like there's, a, there's been others, but like this was really a surprise when it happened. So. But. It's weird because 
I think the best shock they've I don't think this is controversial at all. I think the best shock they've ever done is beating the Undertaker at 30, right? Yeah. Um, and I remember everyone shocked, like it was a holy shit. Like it was like, whoa. Like I mean right. the, the the gif of the gif or gif of that guy being like, it makes sense, right? And you know, I think that's actually a really great moment because of that. This shock is different. It's like, mm. what? Like it why? Like th yeah. that's how this shock plays out. I mean, I would say the most surprising one we've done was Hogan Andre at main event. I mean, that's yeah. like the biggest one. That's the biggest surprise. Yeah. Brett Flair we had as a pretty big surprise. Yeah. Um, you know, for Hogan, sure. And, and Hogan Andre. Hogan Andre is a similar shock to Brock beating Undertaker. Because it's like, no, yes. no. Yeah, yeah. Like, Those are probably okay. the two biggest surprise finishes they've ever done, would be my guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Let's quickly, uh, Producer Tim, if you don't mind throwing up our top 10 all time here. Mm -hmm. And we can uh, run through them. It'll be on the screen in video. I mean, if you're listening on audio, which I didn't mention before, this show is simulcast video and audio. We do a lot of our podcasts or, or simulcast on our YouTube channel and podcast feed. Uh, but we do have YouTube exclusive content. We do a lot of, and you and I have a, a series three Wednesdays a month. We're doing what if, and those are yeah. um, really well regarded. They do, you know, seem to get a lot of cool feedback and thoughts yeah. where we and talk about. Yeah, a lot of interaction. So um, if you're not subscribed on YouTube channel, you should do so. If you want to hear me and Aaron every, every whatever, three Wednesdays a month, we're going through what if Four scenarios Saturdays. that we get from our viewers. You know, feel free to suggest one as well. So, mm -hmm. um, all right, here's our top 10, Aaron. Our 10th best title change of all time to this point, Rock versus Mankind at Survivor Series 98. 71 points and you see the yeah. big difference right like this one just mm -hmm. hit 37 so that's a that's a that's a vast difference yeah uh number nine randy savage defeating rick flair from wrestlemania 8 at 72 points tied with that but winning on significance is mankind over the rock on monitor raw january 4th 99 72 points as well number seven steve austin defeating the rock with 73 points from wrestlemania 15 number six the match was talked about andre the giant defeating hulk hogan on the main event that's at 75 points Number five, Hulk Hogan defeating the Iron Sheik, 76 points. Number four, Ric Flair winning the 1992 Royal Rumble, 78. Number three, this is the big jump up with 90 points, Bret Hart defeating The Undertaker from... Yep. Number two, Steve Austin defeating Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 14, 93 points. And still hanging on to number one, going to be very tough to beat. The most infamous match of all time, Survivor Series 97, Shawn Michaels tapping out Bret Hart to his own hold. Clean. That's crazy. As clean as a sheet. Yeah, we'll see if anything ever really comes up against those. Whoa, hello. Hey! <laughs> I guess I'm John Boy Media for a minute there in my fucking face in the camera. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see if anything tops it. Again, it's not a surprise that the bulk of our changes have happened on the top 10 or from 97 to 99. Just, again, the moments and everything just meant there was so much gravity to them all during that time. So of course, all right, we'll be back in two weeks with our next title change. It'll actually be our 50th hour that we're going to talk about. Oh my God. Uh, so that is exciting. And that is mankind yeah. versus triple H the next night <laughs> on <laughs> raw. Uh, but next week we'll be back with more fun, fun and frivolities. I can't fun wait to have fun, fun and frivolity when we do our ultimate September pay-per-view card. So stay tuned for that. Be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube and any podcast applications. Leave us some feedback, some comments. We love you. The Dookie's been rocking around. Nightmare on the highway.